I am fantasy author Elle Penelope, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes at an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, May 24th, 2019, and this is episode 15 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. Episode 15 seems like a milestone. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for a little while now. And before I go any further and forget, um, I was thinking about doing a Q&A episode if anyone has any questions. So if you do have any questions that you would like me to answer for a Q&A episode, email me at hello at lpenelope.com or just use the contact form on my website, which is lpenelope.com. And if I get any questions, I will answer them. <laughs> Simple enough. Very easy. So this week's best thing, um, I'm going to go with the Jeffersons. The um, All in the Family Jefferson's live show that was on ABC the other night. Of course, I didn't know it was happening because I am very <laughs> not plugged into a lot of things, especially when work is kind of intense. But um, my husband knew it was happening. And once I heard that it was happening, I was like, well, this sounds odd. <laughs> but I don't watch a lot of television, you know, so if um, very, very little these days. Like we'll watch The Daily Show in the morning and um, – of course, I was watching Game of Thrones. I watch um, The Good Place and uh, Atlanta when it's on. And maybe one or two other things occasionally and then I'll binge stuff. But yeah, so no clue. But I did <laughs> grow up watching the Jeffersons and a little bit of All in the Family to a certain extent um, and all the other reruns that people watched back in the day. So yeah, that was cool. It was fun. I really liked the Jennifer Holiday uh, theme song of it. And I mean, it was kind of weird, but it was it was very cool and it was refreshing. And then, of course, when Florence, when Marla Gibbs came out as Florence, that was the best thing. Like these things, you just like I I started clapping in my house. I did I started clapping by myself. But um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I do wish, and we like I think Jamie Fox was good, but I think that role should have gone to Kevin Hart. I mean, I feel like he has to be short and angry. You know, like I think George Jefferson is a short, angry man. And um, Jamie Foxx did a good job, but I think a short, angry man would have done a better job in that role. Moving on. Um, so this week, I had to revisit my scheduling. So I have this scheduling system. I use a paper planner in addition to Google Calendar on my phone. But the paper planner is, you know, for daily and weekly and and um, scheduling and then blocking out my day time blocking and so i do i mean it helps a lot it helps me manage my business and my writing and all the tasks which is not to say that it is perfect because i don't follow it perfectly i I think the system is perfect or very close but me following it is very much less than perfect and so there's just some things that aren't getting done. Like every week I do my to-do list and every week I put the same things on my to-do list because I haven't gotten to them yet. And um, I was like, okay, well, this list is getting out of control. And some things were still in my head and not on the paper because when you have a to-do list that's long, sometimes you don't want to add to it. Like I know I need to add to it because I will forget. And that's the whole point of the system. But Sometimes I feel bad about not getting things done. And when I know that I've been transferring the same few tasks for like two months and haven't done them, then it's time to say like, well, do you, does it really have to get done? What is the holdup? What's the resistance for this? And so um, in this case, I came to the realization that I have a 
the paperback of Song of Blood and Stone is coming out in July, and then book two comes out in October. And I really have to start thinking about marketing. And which is it's always, it was like, it was there, I have to do it, but I've been writing so much. And, you know, marketing is not my favorite thing. I don't think it's anybody's. Well, I'm sorry, it's someone's favorite thing, not mine. So it's not going to get done unless I come up with a plan and do it. And part of not wanting to think about it is it's overwhelming. I don't know what to do all the time. Um, I don't know what's effective all the time. And, but I do feel an obligation to, um, to market because, you know, I spent all this time writing these books and if no one ever reads them, what's the point? So, um, yeah. So I, I decided that I need to schedule at least an hour a day to do marketing stuff. And what I've, what I call it in my um, planner is Heartspell Admin. So Heartspell is my um, publishing company. It's the name of my LLC. And even though a lot of this has to do with the stuff that St. Martin's Press is publishing, like it's all under Heartspell, like everything I do in the writing world is under that name. So the list of that I came up with of things that I need to schedule and do during this hour a day is um, choose, I need more swag. So choose swag, design the swag, update my website. I really want to make an Earth Singer Chronicles website for the series. Do my social media planning, which really means um, Instagram posts. Like if I can plan them in advance, that, that's really, I mean, that, that would be great. I want to do the Angel Born paperbacks, um, figuring out a marketing plan for the paperback release of song for Whispers. <sighs> um, I need to compose an email to the marketing people at St. Martin's Press and redo my autoresponder for my newsletter. Oh, I wanted to do a like a bonus prologue or um, for Song of Blood and Stone as t- to offer as either a mailing list incentive or a pre-order incentive. And then do a quiz for the website to see which house you belong in, because there's nine in the in the world. There's nine houses, um, and they all have different personality traits, basically. So yeah, that's that's my list. And none of these things are going to get done um, if I don't schedule them. Like the quiz, I've been wanting to do since last year, and haven't done it yet. So yes, I need to really be better about prioritizing this list and then getting it done, like chipping away at it a little bit each day or else it will never happen. So I've started that process and um, I'm going to start with swag because I have a lot of events in July that I will be able to, you know, be at in person um, to conferences and to reader events. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. And um, so, and then, you know, I have to get it printed up in advance, obviously. And then seeing as it's the end of May, any sort of pre-order campaign, um, I think you can do a pre-order campaign like a month before. So by June 15th, 16th, I need to have everything in place, figure out what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to be promoting that. And um, yeah, so it's it's a lot. I'm feeling I'm feeling that. Um, and at that, even though I've started listing things and outlining it, I feel like I'm not I'm still not doing enough. And I'm, you know, I don't know what's going to move the needle, and uh, it's, it's overwhelming. So, having it on on paper is both a blessing and a curse, and um, just try to get through it. I've been very absent from social media lately. Um, so earlier this year, I decided I wanted to focus on Instagram because that's the one that I like the most. But there is still something about getting lost in social media rabbit holes that bothers me 
especially because I have so much to do. Like if I'm looking at everything as a, as a whole, so the writing stuff, the actual writing, the marketing and administrative stuff, my business stuff, and the projects that I have that I'm trying to finish up and the projects that I know that are coming, like being on social media does not advance any of these things. You know, like if I was able to be super social and, you know, build a big following on something, then maybe, but even then, you know, like all of the experts agree that that doesn't necessarily push the needle on sales because social media reach is so low and people aren't there to buy books, blah, blah, blah. But I figured I needed to have some sort of strategy in place. So I had done some research on Instagram and felt like that was something I could do. And it, it worked. Like I, I'm over a thousand followers on Instagram when I started at a few hundred, like three or 400 um, at the end of last year. And so I had a goal and I met that goal and then, and by posting regularly, like there was a challenge one month where you're posting almost every day, like every day-ish. Um, and then I was like, well, if I can't, I'm posting every day, does something realistic, but three times a week, maybe. And when I do that, I see the, I see the uptick, I see engagement, I talk to people, people like the posts. And so I feel like I'm doing something that is um, a net positive, but it's also exhausting. And I think and maybe I am in the minority because I like a lot of introverts view social media as a way to be social without it being an energy drain. But I find social media to be an energy drain. And as an introvert, socializing costs a lot of energy, which is not to say that I don't like it. It's just that I have to be aware that it's going to sap me and leave me exhausted. And um, like coming up with, even if it's just like, oh, I have a, an idea, something to post, and it comes to me very naturally and it's not like something I had to plan in advance, then I have to pause, okay, review it, make sure it's not going to get me in trouble for some reason, hopefully. And like, um, and maybe it will. And I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people get in trouble for things I think are, for things they think are benign and aren't to some other party. Um, and some people are just assholes and just are trying to store the pot. But, um, and then posting it and then, like proofreading it and or trying to find an emoji or a gif or something like it's a time investment it's an energy investment and um i don't love it so i had to um kind of decide about what i can do and what i can't do and most of the time i just can't do social media i'll pop in and make sure i am responding to people if they are talking to me i try to do that every day but i find that just skimming through there's a part of it that's depressing. There's a part of it that's just feels like a waste of time when I, I could and should be doing other things. So I will probably regroup at some point in the future. Like I still do want to um, do Instagram and I still think I can build a following there that might be useful. I think bookstagram is very cool. Um, I don't have time to do elaborate layouts of all the books that I read, but I admire those people who do. And I think it's very, I think it's a neat thing. Um, Facebook and Twitter are never going to be my jams. So, and like there are authors, um, I know that the career author podcast, those guys who do that aren't really on social and they don't use it for their marketing or, or really for anything, I don't think. Um, and it's possible, like a lot of people aren't on social media, it's possible not to be. I don't want to, there are times when I do want to. <laughs> Just take off my accounts and just say, forget about it. But I don't know. There is, I'm not saying there's no value. There is value there. But it also, 
is a drain on my energy. And so just going forward, I have to figure out if that's, if I'm going to continue to feel kind of guilty about it. I don't really feel guilty about not being on Facebook and Twitter very often. Um, and I think if I set like maybe quarterly or half yearly goals on Instagram, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things that um, I could be doing and obviously I can't do everything. So I think I have to sit with that a little bit more and figure out if, if continuing with Instagram as a strategy makes sense for me or if it's just causing me more stress than I need. And, um, yeah. So swag on the other hand, it's, it's like a lot of these things are so nebulous. Like I think that if you go to a live event, having swag is very cool. It makes a lot of sense. I, I don't want to be sitting at a table with just nothing there, you know? Like, yeah, give me a little bookmark. I can design bookmarks. And I love my bookmarks that I have for the original cover of song. I have to de- design all new stuff because the covers have changed. Um, and so, yeah, I still have a bunch of old bookmarks that um, I could probably give to the library because the library's bought the hardcovers. Maybe I'll take them to the library. And um, I decided I'm going to do a bookmark, a sticker, and um, I'm going to do sampler booklets for the for book 1.5 which is the ebook only and but those are only going to be for certain circumstances so right i thought about doing a postcard maybe with the map on it but um yeah deciding on which swag to do like design deciding um budgeting figuring out you know how much i want to spend on it how many to print up uh, and then doing the actual design I know that a lot of authors do a lot of like elaborate swag. You go to RWA, at least in the years past, I think they've, they've calmed down on this, but like all kinds of things that I'm not, I just don't think it's worth all that money. Honestly, like I've got swag from authors. There's pens that I use. There's letter openers. There's stickers. There's like monitor wipes. There's glasses wipe things. Um, some of them I use, but I don't think I've bought any of their books because of it. I just, find their the useful things to be useful and the rest of it kind of went in the trash i think that you have to decide um what your goal is with it and then how much you're willing to spend for that goal knowing that probably 80 percent of it will just go in the trash i think there's value to giving swag to people who have bought the book you know as you're sitting at an event you sign a book i stick a bookmark in it i give them some stuff it's cool or to people on my mailing list like um when you sign up for my mailing list i i give you the offer of sending you something so anybody who fills out the form i had made these trading cards which are gone now but i still have the bookmarks and book plates that i send out to people um who sign up for my for list for my to my list and i think that's valuable just as a connection with people but just leaving a bunch of stuff on a table somewhere doesn't seem like a good use of time and money um, for that. So all of it goes back to cost, what is that cost benefit ratio? <laughs> and a lot of these benefits are so amorphous and so difficult to judge that um, you're kind of just at a certain point, it's throwing money and time into the wind or, you know, you're throwing it at a problem and, you don't know what's going to result in. So you have to choose the things that make you happy and that you're happy to spend money on. Like bookmarks are so useful. I use my own bookmarks all the time. Like I can't ever find a bookmark. I'm like, here's mine. I'll just use it. So at the very least, I am supplying myself with bookmarks. Um, I love stickers. So that's why I want to make stickers. I'm going to do a sticker with a quote from the book on it. 
And um, I thought about pins or something, but I don't know. Enamel pins seem to be very big in, at least in YA. Like I see a lot of people doing enamel pins, which sound expensive. I didn't even look at the prices on that. But anyway, that is, that's kind of the thought process that I'm going through. So um, that's definitely on the list to complete. And ah, my newsletter. Speaking of which, I, I was supposed to send it out last week, according to my own internal schedule, which I it just didn't get to. And then I was like, I wanted to send it out yesterday. And I haven't. I So I'm going to do it today. It takes about an hour for me to write the newsletter. Um, think about it, like proof it, get the images in, figure out what I'm saying, the links, blah, blah, blah. I usually I do a giveaway every month. Last month, I gave away um, arcs of whispers. I don't know what I'm doing this month. It'll probably just be like a, um, like a gift card because I don't feel like going to the post office any more than I have to this coming month. And it's just easier just to do a gift card or something. Um, so that has to happen today in addition to brainstorming on book four, which also still has to happen today. I'm a little bit behind today. In other news, one of the places that I'm going in July is ReaderCon in uh, Massachusetts, outside of Boston. And I got my schedule this past week. Um, and I had proposed a panel, which is going forward, and I'm on two other panels. I'm not on the one I mentioned last week, which was the hobbies one, which I was disappointed in. But the other ones are still sound great. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, one of the guests of honor is Tanana Du, And I'm on a panel that is like honoring her and her books, which is freaking me out. Um, there was a time when I binged all of Tanana Reeve's books, but that was like 15, 10 years ago. It was a while ago. So I have to reread some of them if I'm going to be on a panel talking about them for a year. I want to be fresh. And I, you know, so I've got um, six weeks or so over a month. Um, it's early July 11th is when ReaderCon starts. And so that's plenty of time. I read very fast. And I'm sure once I start reading, it'll jog my memory about the books and why I loved them so much. But it's still kind of scary, you know, to be on a panel with that purpose. Um, but it's also wonderful, like, to honor her because she, I mean, I loved John Reeve Dew's work. I still do. And um, she has been a big influence on me. And so the opportunity to do that is, I mean, I don't, I don't really even, I, I'm still kind of freaking out about it. So it will be somewhat of an adventure. Um, and I know she'll be there. And I don't know if she'll be at that panel. I assume maybe will, maybe she wouldn't want to come. I don't know. Talking about her books in front of her is going to be, if the, if she's there, it is going to be super crazy. <sighs> yeah. So in um, brainstorming, book four. Yes. That's gone a little bit slowly this week. I took a few days off. Um, not for any good reason. I think that, you know, I had super high energy about it last week. And this is just the cycle of how it goes for me. Not that I've lost any steam, really, but I'll, I'll go from feeling great, this is a great idea, to feeling, oh my gosh, this is so big, I don't know what to do with it. And so um, I'm still filling in gaps in my spreadsheets. And I'm at the stage now where I'm just tr- trying to visualize what happens. Because I've been at a very high level, at, you know, at a thematic level, um, and not at a character emotion level. And I start to feel detached 
when um, I stay at the high level too much because I'm like, okay, these it's got to be about people and the characters and their feelings and their, you know, their pain and their love. And so I had to go way down into, okay, first POV, I figured out what I, I figured out the starting point for at least two characters um, and their goals. So I knew what their goals were, but I really had to get deeper into they really want how they feel and how they're starting feeling and um, just start to walk through the scenes. So I have starting points. And as I continue the process, I will just continue this. Like I'll go back and forth between the spreadsheets and the plot points and the structure and then the characters and um, I guess their arcs, but not even like structural arc level, just like what are they doing day to day and what are they feeling and and when they encounter this first conflict, how do they feel? And I think that helps me move through it on a ground level as opposed to an eye in the sky level. And so, yeah, I spent too much time, probably not too much time, but I needed to spend that time up high, high level. But um, it started to make me antsy. So I, I still want to be by next, by June 1st, starting a fast draft. It's only a week away, and I'm very far away from having a complete enough outline to feel like I can dive into fast drafting. But, you know, a lot can happen in a week, and we'll see where we are. I have much more structured um, and outlining done for the novella. So at the very least, I know I can start fast drafting the the novella, which I'd wanted to do first anyway. So that's in better shape. Not knowing the end is not unusual for me. Like I know what has to happen, but there's a big chunk that I don't know. I don't know how to get from point like D to point E, you know, like I've got most of the journey there and then these things have to happen. So not terribly worried about that because that always comes to me when I draft, but um, book four, yeah, still wide open, but it's not unusual. I have to kind of remind myself of that. Um, I had looked back to the author diary that I kept when I was writing book two the first time. And I had over 15 versions of the outline, like deep changes, like big versions that were very different from each other. Um, so yeah, if I can shorten that process and just like maybe from 15 to get to like nine, I don't know, I'd be happy with under 10 versions of a of an outline. Right now I have zero versions of the outline. So it's coming, it's coming. I'm not going to worry too much about it because this is the process. This is how it feels. And I have vague recollections of this being how it feels, but I mean, my head knows, my heart just feels like, how am I ever going to do this? But then before I can do it again. So yeah, that is what has been happening with me this week. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Happy reading. For episode show notes and to learn more about me and my books, go to lpenelope.com. Subscribe to My Imaginary Friends wherever you get your podcasts and check out the video episodes on YouTube. Please leave a rating and review to help support the show.